there, podcast land. You have set your dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 120. Dre, we are almost uh, into the flyweight division of 125. We're getting there. So uh, before I bury the lead, because I definitely don't want to do that, joining us today going 10 rounds with Rhino is Hyder the Hurricane Amil. He is one of the hottest prospects in the featherweight division across the entire landscape of MMA. Really cool dude. Can't wait for you guys to check that out a little bit later on the show. So... Well, fam, it's a rare non-UFC week, but you know what we say around here at CSWR. No UFC, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have some coverage of the PFL Challenger Series, Cage Warriors 136, uh, a little bit from the ex-MMA from last night. Drea's world-famous drop of the night. Again, some fire Q&A with the Rhino Gang this week. Amazing stuff. Some picks for Saturday's huge UFC 273, plus the aforementioned LFA... Uh, 145-er, big-time prospect, uh, Hyder, the Hurricane Emil, goes 10 rounds of Rhino. So without further ado, Drea, as we love to say around here, let's get our <laughs> swim chunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. So from Orlando, Florida, on Friday, the PFL Challenger Series, the co-main event was at 155 pounds, and that saw Christian Turner beat uh, Cheyenne Serrano by unanimous decision in that one. And then the main event was at welterweight with Andija Stakanovich beating Lewis Brew something or other. Moving into what ended up being a pretty in, intense card last uh, last night was Cage Warriors 136 from Manchester, England, home of uh, our, our homie Michael, the Count Bisping. Um, Aaron Abbey and the co-main event at 125 got the rear naked choke over uh, Gerardo Fanny which was a pretty exciting uh, rear naked choke for that co-main event slot. And then the title fight of the night, the 185 middleweight title was on the line with Jati Milan versus Christian Leroy Duncan and a flying fucking knee in the third round for Christian is what ended Jati's title reign. Got himself the unanimous, sorry, got himself the TKO in the third. It shouldn't have been a KO because, I mean, he he hammer-fisted him one more time, but it was unnecessary because he had a beautiful flying knee for Christian Leroy Duncan over Jati Milan in that one. Real quickly, our ex-MMA noteworthy uh, co-main and main event. The co-main featured two UFC veterans with Curtis Millinder and Jared Gooden. Jared Gooden got the TKO in the second round over Curtis at 170 pounds. And then in the 135-pound main event, we had John the Magician Dodson versus Francisco Rivera Jr. Everybody who watches MMA knows John Dodson. Um, Maybe you you don't know he was in a pretty horrific car accident with his family not too long ago. So I'm certainly glad to see him, um, you know, in there and looking good and looking sharp and looking fast. And He's always so small. But he, he really did pack a punch. It was a very exciting and fun fight back and forth with Francisco Rivera Jr., which saw John Dodson with the unanimous decision in that one. Very fun fight. So, Dre, that concludes our recaps from the uh, three other non-UFC promotions from the weekend's action. So there were some really good drops of the night, particularly from Cage Warriors 136. So what did you land on for your world-famous Dre's Drop of the Night? My drop of the night is coming from last night's Cage Warriors 136, Manny Akpon versus Connor Hitchens. In a crazy back and forth fight, Manny Akpon ended it beautifully at the end of the second with a spinning wheel kick that just landed flush with Connor's head and put him down. Uh, Manny flew in to land one more strike on the ground, but the ref quickly 
pushed him off. So uh, congrats on that KO, Manny. You get my Dreas drop of the night. Dreas drop of the <laughs> night. Which it, well, I saw the t- I saw the fucking replay of that. What? Oh my god! He almost like he had his hand on the ground. It was almost looked like a break dancing move. Almost. You yeah, know what I mean? did, like a Capoeira style. Uh, yes, dude. And banana way, banana and then he fucking, I mean, you're right about landing flush. I mean, this could not have been more picture perfect landing yeah. on the dude's fucking face. And how fast he flew in to make sure he finished it. I mean, he got there so fast. The ref couldn't get there quick enough to get him off. So badass, dude. What a great, what a great fucking transfer of the night. All right. So we have a humongous pay-per-view upcoming this Saturday. Um, we're going to go ahead and do a little bit differently because you updated more recently than I did. So, uh, mm-hmm. Our main card picks for UFC 273. Why don't you go ahead and get us started with your first pick, Drea? So what I saw, and I know there's been a, um, some cancellations with Kelvin Gastelum, and uh, it looks, and don't quote me on this, but it looks right now as if he's going to be fighting uh, Drykus Duplessis. I always hate. Yeah, him. they 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 pulled that because um, Kelvin is Kelvin is now injured, so he's oh he's he okay because yeah. it looks like it was him fighting somebody else and then Dreykus yeah. got canceled from someone else. And now it looks like they're fighting together. Okay. So is that not happening? Yeah. It looks like that one's off. Cause I think Kelvin is injured. So I don't think, uh, okay, I don't so think Duplicius or Imavava or anybody fighting uh, from that Weird. one. So one site's, right. one site's showing it and one site's not. Okay. So we're good right. on that. And then the next one that I had was Alexi Olenek uh, versus Jared Vendera uh, for the main card. Yep. Okay. So I am going Vandera on that. I think it's, uh, I'm giving Jared Vandera the unanimous decision. So I would love to pick Jared Vandera because he's been on the show. <laughs> he's Rhino gang. I would love to do it. But Alexi Olenek is older than the Rhino, which is really old. And I love a fighter who's older than I am, who is still able to go out there and compete the way that he is. Again, I would love for Jared Vander to get this, but I think it's going to be Alexi Olenek, who I also am a huge fan of. I got Alexi Olenek winning by Ezekiel Choke in the third round. I think Jared's going to have his moments early, but I think eventually it's going to go to the ground. And Ezekiel Choke for Alexi Olenek in that one. What about your next call, feature play, Adrea? Uh, Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres. I am going Dern with a round two submission over Torres. I am going to go ahead and agree with you that it's going to be a Mackenzie Dern submission, but I've got submission in the first. Mm-hmm. I think I think Tisha Torres is going to try to use her movement and stick and move, and I think Mackenzie Dern is going to get a you know get a shot, get her down somehow, some way, and then get yeah get her out of there. So I got Mackenzie Dern beating Tisha Torres by first round submission in that one. Uh, next, it looks like we have Gilbert Burns versus Kamzat Shamayev. Finally. Um, Tough one for me because I'm still, you know, not quite on that Kamzat train, um, but I'm going Kamzat submission round one. So you're not on that train, but let me tell you this, Drea. Choo-choo! The <laughs> rhino is fully on the Kazmat Jemayev train. I think this one. I've been tiptoeing. I'm like tiptoeing on it. I feel like this is going to be that fight that, that officially, if he wins this, I'm... 100% on boarded after that. <laughs> I really hope the neighbor's moped as he's driving by my house. I hope that reads really clear for everybody. That's that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm definitely, and we talk about this a little bit later on in the show, but 
I think this is going to be a lot of questions answered when Boars fights Gilbert Burns. Um, but yeah, I've definitely got Cosmo winning this fight by third round TKO. And I'm actually calling my shot. I'm going to say third round TKO from ground and pound. I think he's going to pull him up against the cage after beating him up for a while. Third round TKO, ground and pound. Boris Chemaev beating <laughs> Gilbert Burns. What about your next one? Future play, Andrea? Uh, we got Aljo versus Jan. Um, I'm going Peter Jan TKO in the third. I also have Peter Jan winning by TKO, but I have it in the second round. Second okay. round TKO due to standing strikes. Uh, let's finally put this dramatic, you know, <laughs> fucking National Enquirer business to the fucking to bed, and let's get Piotr Jan his title back at 135. Yeah, let's just get this over with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get into our main event. Dre, why don't you go ahead and make your pick for um for Volkanovski versus Zombie? I'm going Volkanovski 100% with the unanimous decision. I actually have Volkanovski winning as well, but I think he's going to stop the zombie. And I don't think if the zombie is going to be knocked out or not wanting to continue, I think the ref is going to see so much punishment and damage on him that he's going to stop the fight. So I've got fourth round TKO for Alexander Volkanovski over the Korean zombie, which sucks because I love zombie, but Volkanovski's on a whole nother level right now. And yeah, I got fourth round TKO for him on that one. So that those, I should say, are picks for UFC 273. So we've got a fantastic um, session of Twitter questions. Let's go ahead and get started, Drea. All right. So our first question comes from Rage and Sweet Potato. Um, For years, the UFC used names like UFC 54, Boiling Point, and UFC 72 was Victory. Now it's all just UFC 270-something, this guy versus that dude. Give some of the recent or upcoming pay-per-views and fight nights a little more personality by using movie titles. Example, UFC 261, Jawbreakers. <laughs> All right, so for UFC 273, homie, I'm going to go with Alexander the Great. Because as much as I love the zombie, Alex is getting it done, and I think it's going to be an exciting fight, and he's going to be his hands raised yet again to retain his title, okay? So that's the first one for UFC 273. For Fight Night Luke uh, versus Muhammad, that can be switched to Country Collision. Because if you look at that card, Drea, up and down, there are at least 10 different countries that are being represented mm-hmm. by fighters on mm-hmm. that one, which is it's an incredible, um, it's an incredible, you know, showing of how far this sport has come and how far it reaches into many different or you know countries into the world, which is mm-hmm. really, really cool, and I love it. Uh, finally, we've got Lemos versus Andras. That can be renamed Swingers. Okay, I love that movie, Swingers, and <laughs> I'm definitely going to rename that one Swingers. You've got Andras, Air Jordan, Lano Van Atta, Tanner Bozer, Ike Villanueva. All of these fighters are just going to go out there and swing that leather, get the mm-hmm. four ounces of flying. So I would change the Andrade versus Lemos to Swingers as far as movie titles. So as always, RSP, what a great fucking question, dude. <laughs> Thank you so very much. All right, next one comes from our girl, Sandy, also known as Sandy Pants. Sandy, what do you got this week? It's time to get realistic about Nate and Dustin. Because Dana wants to play games on Nate's contract, it's probably not going to happen. Doesn't, excuse me. Dustin doesn't want to be on the shelf and he doesn't want Colby. So what should he do? 
So this is a great question. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like Nate or Colby are actually going to happen. And Dustin has made it pretty clear that he does not want to cut back to 55 anymore, right? So he needs an opponent at 170. Uh, it shouldn't be a top fiver because a top five guy at 170 is going to be too big, too strong, too good for Dustin Poirier, you know, for his foyer moving up to 170. So you've also got to make it a name at 170 that is going to sell. Because if you gave him just some random 170 fighter, it's not going to do much, right? So you have to have yourself a 170, a guy in the top 10 who people know, right, a name. And then, so what I came up with was Steven Wonderboy Thompson, dude. Mm. I want to see Wonderboy versus Dustin Poirier at 170. I love both of those guys, not just their fighting style, but their personality. They're both coming off losses, right? Steven Thompson is super tall. But he's not super big, right, for 170-pounders. So I don't think the strength advantage would be as advantageous to Wonderboy as it would for somebody, you know, like like Usman, right, or or Kazma Chimaev or even Colby at 170. So uh, Wonderboy, as we all know with his karate style, he is bump, you know, he'll, he'll bump you and then he'll jump in and jump out, right? He'll throw a leg kick or a, or a, you know, a side kick to the stomach and then he'll back up and then he'll throw a one-two and back up. Dustin Poirier's boxing is so good. I think he'll be able to move his head, get inside, use his footwork, and then land a bunch of those. He'd re he's really been doing a good job with body work the last few fights and throw a lot of body work, which would slow down Wonder Boy's movement. And I think that fight would be so fun for us as fans. I, I would love to see Dustin and Diamond Poirier versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson at 170. Let's make it happen, Captain. So that, my dear, is my answer for that one. Sandy, what a great question. Way to come out swinging. Thank you very, very much, my friend. All right, let's go ahead and get to our third question, which comes from Ty the Fly Guy. Ty, what do you got this week, dude? From all that I've seen from the MMA community, there's not a lot of belief that Aljo is going to successfully defend his title. With He's that said, if you could compare Aljo defending his title to a major plot twist in a movie or show that you have seen, what would you compare it to and why? So this is a great question, buddy. I tried to come up with a similar plot twist, but then you have to, you have to factor in all of the, the, the real parts of this story. So a guy gets beat um, by another guy in a fight. The, the, the guy who gets beat wins a world title off of a illegal move. Then he, in turn, talks a bunch of shit for a long time and then somehow pulls off some sort of gigantic upset in the rematch. I just, there is no movie that's like that. There's no movie that I can really relate it to. So I took pieces from a few other movies, right? So there's some similar elements in Rocky Three. I don't know if anybody out there ever saw the surfing movie, The North Shore, which is one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. So North Shore, awesome, awesome uh, movie. And then um, the film Biker Boys with Derek Luke. I don't know if you guys have seen that from the early 2000s, but Biker Boys. So there's some elements from each of these movies that kind of fits this narrative, but not all in one, right? Or not at least not <laughs> even several into one. So I, I'm super looking forward to it, dude. I think I, I'm really excited to see how this whole thing plays out. Um, again, I, I used to be an okay Aljo fan, right? But then after this <laughs> Dude, I am really, and I'm no big Piotr Jan fan at all. You know, I, mean, I like the way he fights, but, you know, I, I just, I just can't wait to see Piotr Jan just smash Aljo. I don't know if it's going to be the third round, the fourth round, the first round. I don't know, but I just, it should happen. 
right? You know, barring some crazy outcome, that's the way I think it's going to go down. So Ty, the fly guy, the big Broncos fan. Thank you so much for the question this week. My dude. All right, Jay, let's go into our motorcycle riding madman, the Dean dog. Dean, what do you got this week? What matchup are you looking forward to the most on this weekend's card? Mine doesn't involve a title yet. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's for sure. It's Boars versus Gilbert Burns, dude. Kazma Chemayev versus Gilbert Burns. I talked about it a little bit last week. I think a lot of questions are going to be answered with Kazma Chemayev and his you know, trajectory. Gilbert Burns is a fantastic fighter, former title challenger. And... Cosmo, I just don't think he's going to be able to run through him the way he's run through pretty much everybody else. I think Burns are going to put him in some bad spots, both on the ground and on the feet. I think he's going to touch him up a little bit. I still have Cosmo Chumayev winning the fight. Don't get me wrong. But I, I really want to see him get pushed and get put in some uncomfortable positions and see how he reacts to that. I mean, that'll give us a lot of answers as far as, you know, is this guy going to be a title contender very soon or will it have to be many years down the line? I don't know. So I'm really looking forward to that, Dean. I, I know everybody else is too. So thank you very much, my dude. Great question. All right, let's get into our girl, APB. APB, what do you got this week? What are a couple of sleeper fights on the UFC 273 card that you're looking forward to watching? So a couple of fights flying under the radar, I think, that could be really fun when we're watching that night, would be Anthony Fluffy Hernandez versus Josh Freem. Now, we all know Josh Freem is Rhino Gang, and so, of course, I'm a little bit biased, but I really think with his height and his range and then how how good of a performance Fluffy has put on in his last couple of fights, I think this one could end up being a real banger, dude. So that one has a real potential to be a really good fight. I think for as long as it lasts, I think Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Tiny Tornado Torres will be fun. Because until until Mackenzie Dern can sink in that submission, which I think she's going to and you do as well, I think Tisha Torres is going to have some fun scrambles. I think she is so fast and quick, and she's a very cagey veteran. So until Mackenzie can slap on that, that fight-finishing submission, I think it's going to be a fun fight. A lot, a lot of good scrambles. I don't know if anybody follows Tisha Torres out there on social media, but you know she's been doing like this fitness and bodybuilding deal. So I, I imagine she's going to be in like phenomenal shape. Stepping into the cage uh, next Saturday. So, yeah, both Josh Freemed versus Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. And then Tisha Tiny Tornado Torres versus Mackenzie Dern are my two kind of under-the-radar fights to watch. So thank you so much, APB. And as you know, Drea, you can't be a wuss. And have a puss. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and do our final Twitter question, which comes from my homie, the Doc. Doc, what do you got this week, brother? You love to pick your possible supersonic upset specials for every card. So what is it for UFC 273? So my potential supersonic upset special is actually going to be coming between Mike Malott beating Mickey Gall. Now, is, am I trying to say by putting him as that supersonic upset special that Mike Malott is like a far substandard fighter compared to Mickey Gall? Not at all. But Mike Malott is, you know, very, very young in his UFC career. Mickey Gall was thrust into the biggest spotlight ever in his very first fucking UFC fight. And he ran right through CM Punk. And Mickey Gall has been in the UFC. I don't know if he's had five, six, seven fights, whatever it's been in the UFC. So he has a ton of experience. Mike does not. And I think Mike has, I don't know, he's got something special about him. I remember on the Contender Series, I, he's got an explosion that I think is going to be very surprising to Mickey Gall. Uh, Mickey, of course, has that incredible submission game and 
I don't know. I got I got a good feeling. I think Mike Malat is going to be able to get through Mickey Gall on that one. So that's going to be my supersonic upset special for UFC 273. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's my answer on that one. So Doc, thank you very much, my dude. All right, Dre, we're going into our voice questions. Our first one comes from the homie Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. Juice, what do you got this week? What's up, Rhino? It's your boy Juice from the Friendly Sparring Podcast. April Fool's Day just passed, and it reminded me of the greatest April Fool's joke that wasn't an April Fool's joke that the UFC pulled in 2018 when they announced on April 1st that year that Tony Ferguson was out of his title fight with Khabib at UFC 223, and Max Holloway would be stepping in on six days' notice. Hey, what the fuck? And then, obviously, we know what happened. Max ended up fighting, but when Max did go up to 155 later uh, the next year to fight Dustin Poirier for the interim 155 strap. Uh, it didn't go his way. And I think it's all revisionist history. People say that uh, Max, it was a one-sided beatdown. Um, th- that's not true at all. Max held his own in that fight. He, just, he got dominated. Um, but what I want to say is Max versus Tony Ferguson, I think, is the, would be the perfect matchup for him to ease his toe into the pool of 155. What do you think about that matchup? Yeah, dude, I think Max and Tony would be really fun for about two rounds. And then I think Max Blessed Holloway would kick it into that gear that he loves to kick it into about that third or fourth round and really start pulling away from Tony in the strike count. I don't think he knocks Tony out, right? I don't think he lands some devastating combination and Tony goes to sleep. I don't think that at all. But I think that if they fight, I think that third round, Max starts to land five, six, seven more shots per strike that Tony lands against him. So I think he would start to really pull away that last three or, you know, two or three rounds. I think Max Holloway would, you know, get a very clear cut unanimous decision over Tony um, just by having so many more strikes landed and being able to avoid what Tony had coming back. I think it'd be really close for the first couple rounds and then Max would pull away. That's, that's how I would see that fight going. So juice. Thank you so much. That's a great question. Now I know our second question comes from the homie juice from the friendly sparring bond juice. What's your next question? My dude. What's up, Rhino? It's your boy juice from the friendly sparring podcast. Last week on my show, one of the homies sent in a question asking (laughs) what is our, what is, what is a fan-losing performance that we remember? Like a performance when a fighter just lays a fucking egg and you're like, not a fan anymore. And I remember you texting me that you liked that question. So I wanted to turn it back to you. What is a fight where you come on the other side going, fuck that guy. I hope he loses every single fight since. Or girl. Or other. What, what is a, fi- a performance from any fighter in any combat sport, quite frankly? Where you watch the performance and you're like, I'm fucking done supporting you. Yeah, you were right. I really did like that question from your show. Um, <clears throat> for me, what comes to mind is, is is BJ Penn. And there there's no specific like one fight, right, that turned me off of being a fan of his. It was just what, you know, what is what he started to kind of act like. Cause I remember his early UFC career and his first UFC run, I was all in on BJ Penn. I really like watching him fight. His flexibility was something I'd never seen before. He just seemed really passionate about it. And he was really all in on all the fights. And I, I just love BJ Penn. And then like post tough is really about the time where I started to be like, this guy's kind of being a dick to everybody. <laughs> I like, he, he, you know, I, I watched him. I watched him subsequently beat Joe daddy Stevenson and then Steve, um, Sean, the muscle shark jerk. And like, I found myself really starting to not, not just not be a fan of him, but like root 
actively against him. And then at UFC 94, when he fought George St. Pierre and George beat the shit out of him, I was just, that was it for me. I was like, yep, that was like the definitive. Not only am I not a fan, but I don't like him. And I'm so glad to see him get his ass kicked. So, yeah, that's kind of it. BJ Penn is the one that really stands out the most is I was a really big fan. And then I started to really not be a big fan. And then I started to definitely cheer against him. So thank you so much for your second question, Juice. We appreciate that. Make sure you check out Juice and Leo at the Friendly Sparring Pod. It is great stuff. So thank you very much, Juice. All right, our third question comes from our girl, Cakes, from out in Vegas. Cakes, what do you got this week? Good morning, Drea. Good morning, Rhino. This is Cakes. I have a quick question about what does one do on fightless weekends now granted there were some fights maybe not ufc led um but i'm just curious what do you do with your hands on the weekends that don't provide fights all right i hope you have a great show today and that all your dreams come true this weekend yay okay bye yeah so i watched the pfl and then a lot of Cage Warriors 136, not the whole card, but most of it. And then a lot of the ex-MMA card as well. I watched a little bit of boxing from Mexico that was on ESPN Plus last night. So <clears throat> there wasn't a lack of fights to watch, per se, on my end. And I was even, even able to squeeze in a couple of rounds of uh, fishing over at my buddy's pond a little bit. You know, I only caught one fish, but I was only doing it for a couple hours. So I got some fishing in. It was good to get outside and uh, enjoy the last... Um, bit of it not raining because it started raining late last night and then turned into snow and you know typical michigan so that was kind of what i got up to uh, yesterday Dre, what'd you get up to on your saturday without a ufc i actually spent the day on the california coast uh went and actually did a, a coastline hike that was absolutely beautiful um actually was in like the Santa Cruz area. And then after doing the hike, we ended up driving down to Half Moon Bay, went to Pebble Beach, and then just grabbed some quick pizza for dinner and then took the long two-hour drive home. <laughs> but ultimately, it was, um, it was a great Saturday, even though we didn't have UFC. Very, very cool. So thank you so much on that one, Cakes. And our final voice question comes from the homie D. Kronz. Oh, he's always last. Because he always gets them right in at the very last minute. Our homie Decron. So what do you got this week, brother? Hey, hey, what's going on, Rhino? Um, please forgive my voice, bro. Um, I was just wondering um, what your thoughts are on Big Ben Rothwell getting cut. And I wanted to know who in recent history have you been surprised by the UFC cutting? I think there's been a couple. I just wanted to hear who you were surprised by the UFC cutting and who were you surprised that they still have around other than Smiley over there. Um, just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Love you, brother. Can't wait to listen to the show. Rhino gang gang. So stoked about Ben Rothwell. <laughs> like, it's no secret. Anybody who's ever listened to the show, I don't like him. I've never liked him. I have. I don't have a care in the world that he is cut from the UFC. I do want to know the official story. Like, did he piss hot? What you know? What is the actual official story as to why he was cut? Because it is very rare to have a fighter be cut. You know, with a fight on the books. You know, because he was scheduled to fight <laughs> Alexander Gustafsson, and so I really want to know the official reason as to why. But yeah, I don't give a flying fuck about Ren Rothwell, and I'm I, I'm I'm totally fine with him not being in the UFC anymore. So as far as like. Who I was like surprised when the UFC has cut them. There's a couple that came to mind instantly. One, I was pleasantly surprised when the UFC cut John Fitch when they did. John Fitch is a tremendous wrestler. The end. 
every single one seemingly of his fights, particularly the ones that he would win, it was all wet blanketing, dude. It was all top control. It was all, you know, not trying to advance for the position, not 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 landing a ton of ground and pound. And he's got examples of the, of those things. But I just said, I'm just saying that too often he was really content with just taking you down and holding you down, and it made it for a lot of really boring fights. So I was totally fine. I think he was still even, I think he was like top 15 even. And he got, he got let go and he got cut. So I was very surprised about that. I was also very surprised when they cut Paige Van Zandt. Now, granted, she was four and four in her last eight fights with the UFC or whatever, but they had put so much money into having her kind of be the face, right? Especially post Ronda Rousey. You know, the promotional face of female UFC, they wanted it to be Paige Van Zandt. They were all in. She was on the Toyo tires. And she, you know what I mean? She was on everything for a couple of years there. And I was really surprised they let her go because they could have absolutely made a case of, well, she's 500 in the UFC. We can keep her in or whatever, you know? Um, but yeah, dude, it's, uh, I was very surprised that they let her go. Um, and you know, now she's doing her bare knuckle thing, which is not going great, but <laughs> and then no. as far as anybody who they've kept, I don't think that they've kept anybody obviously besides smiling Sam, who definitely deserves to be off. I mean, you know, if this was a few weeks ago and they had not cut Greg Hardy yet, obviously I would have said Greg Hardy, <clears throat> but they did. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody besides Sam Alvey on the roster. So I'm like, Oh, they should definitely be off the roster. You know, I don't, I don't think I'm there with anybody like that. So D Crons, what a great question. My dude, we really appreciate your brother. All right, Drea, since we are not going to be covering any other UFC, that is the end of our questions. We're going to go ahead and get right into our interview with Hyder, the Hurricane Mill, LFA, undefeated featherweight. Go ahead and take it away after a quick word from our sponsor, K&R Designs. Hey, Rhino Gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, K&RCustomDesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Oh, out there, my fight fam, we got another, ourselves another fantastic guest going 10 rounds. You might need to get a raincoat and some galoshes on because there's a hurricane coming. My man, 5 and OLFA featherweight Hyder, the Hurricane Emile is going 10 rounds right on today. Hyder, thank you so much for joining us, dude. Thanks for having me, Todd. How are you? Oh, dude, we are super stoked to have you on. So basically, the first round with Rhino is always the same for our fighters. We love to hear the origin story. What's the backstory of how you first got involved in this crazy, wacky world of MMA, dude? Well, 
uh, I first started fighting, um, you know, growing up was rough, of course, like any kid who had a rough, you know, childhood upbringing. Um, I was actually born in the Philippines, uh, in this island called Cebu. And, uh, but I was mixed. My dad's like Indian, Turkish, and like, uh, English and Romanian. So growing up on the island, I was the only mixed kid there. And so I got picked on a lot. Um, also, and, um, and also because my natural skin color is very fair, they called me little white boy growing up there in the island. So everyone used to pick on me. And at the end of my street is like a slum. So I had the last house on a dirt road, or, you know, slum, third world country, poor, 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 like stilt huts. And so like I got picked on a lot. So I had to kind of like defend myself. And then uh, this, the story that I remember was um, – all these kids came out through like a bunch of rocks at me and stuff like that. And, uh, and, uh, I ran away and I came back home and my dad's a really tough guy. And he said, and he, he asked me like, what happened to you? Cause I was cut up, bruised. And I told him that uh, all these kids threw rocks at me and I ran away. And so he told, he showed me how to make a fist and he said, never run away again or else you're a coward, you know? And never ran away since. Um, and, and that got me kind of in um, where I couldn't back down from fights. I always had to fight no matter what, you know. And then um, I had my first MMA fight. Um, actually, it all started. I, my friends got me to kickboxing, karate kickboxing when I was like 11. And I didn't really like the karate part, but I liked the sparring part. I really liked that. Everyone said I was really good at it. Um, and then, uh, everyone also in school told me I should play football. So I started playing football. They wanted me as running back and, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I'd never watch football. I didn't know what to do or whatever. I was just fast and aggressive and, and I can guess I can run, you know, run pretty powerfully, I guess. And then, um, so I told them to put me on defense, the middle linebacker in a defense asked, asked me to come join the wrestling team. And so I started wrestling and then found that then, you know, a weekend I started getting medals and then I started getting more medals. I was like, okay, I think this is my sport because, you know, I'm beating guys who've been wrestling almost their whole lives. I've been wrestling for like a month, you know, for two yeah. weeks. And then uh, from there I started doing jujitsu, uh, won a, my first tournament the month in, and then had my first MMA fight. I mean, from a jiu-jitsu gym, I fought M an MMA match, not even an MMA gym. And I had my first MMA fight when I was like 16, 17 against like a 21, 24-year-old. Um, and then um, and then I kind of got in trouble, went to juvie, kind of got kicked out of school. Um, so I kind of lost my way out of MMA. And then I started, and I was just working, you know, um, and uh, I got fired from my job, and so I sent out all these resumes uh, to all these places, and one of them happened to be El Nino Training Center, right? So El Nino Training Center actually picked up my resume and then, you know, uh, had me interview, and next thing I know, uh, I got hired at an MMA gym, you know? So I just took that as a sign. Maybe it's my time to get back into it. But at the time, I was 210. You know, mind you, I fight at 145, so right. and my friend's big, you know, and I lost about 40 pounds in like three months, two and a half months, and then uh, and then just got back to fighting again. So I, I felt like, I don't know, uh, 
you know, I started back a little bit later than I wanted. I felt like, you know, now I'm five and zero now. I feel like it's kind of meant to be. So let's see, let's see how far this road, you know, takes me. Hell yeah, dude. Speaking of that road, your next scrap is in two weeks at LFA 129 on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, you know, I talked to you a little bit earlier today, and I know it's, uh, it was cardio day and sprinting yeah. day, but how overall has camp been going for you this time around, dude? Uh, it's been good. You know, there's always injuries here and there, but, uh, you know, it's got to work around it. Um, I'm always in shape, and I'm always training. For the most part, I just pick up the sparring and – a little bit more conditioning, but for the most part, I'm I'm always ready. You know, um, that's not, yeah, dude. Um, yeah. Your opponent that night is a guy named Devonte Sewell out of mm-hmm. Georgia. I'm not familiar with him uh, at all. What if anything do you know about him, or do, you know, have you been able to see or kind of research him at all? You know what? I've I've seen a few of fight a few of his fights, and nothing very recent. Um, he, he's fought bantamweight. His last few fights have been at featherweight. He seems like um, he seems like a scrapper. You know, good athlete. Um, you know, his nickname is the Grinder. So you know, a guy with that nickname, he's gonna come push you. He's gonna be in your face. You know, try to take you down. Try to grind you out. Trying to brawl you. Trying to punch you and kick you. You know, um, but um, I feel like I'm just better than him everywhere, and then some. Absolutely, dude. Now, here was an interesting part in researching you, Hyder, was that so you, you only had a couple of amateur fights and then, you know, you had your first pro fight on the regional promotion. And then right away, you got pushed into one of the biggest promotions in the world of Bellator. You know, you rocked out three wins in a row with Bellator. And then your last fight was when the LFA. So you left Bellator undefeated. Was that just a choice of you just wanted to find the right fight for you? Didn't matter the promotion or how did that kind of come to be? You know what? I You know what messed things up for me was COVID. Okay. I had a really big fight. Uh, this was like my first fight getting paid like a good amount of money. I'd say so. And it was for a multi-fight deal with Bellator against a tough opponent. Um, and uh, But because of COVID, that fight never ended up happening, you know? And because of COVID, a lot of things just kind of got lost in the just the craziness of everything. Yeah. So I pretty much had to go back to the drawing board. Um, and, you know, uh, the reason I chose LFA is like, hey, 40%, something like that, 30 40% of fighters who go into UFC are from LFA. I want to join an organization with a, a higher ceiling, you know? And so I was like, you know, let me take this LFA fight. My last one was in two weeks' notice after not fighting for two years because I did not want to go another year without fighting. So I just took that fight. Th- that makes total sense. And, yeah, it was a topsy-turvy time for all of us for a few years yeah. there. Not to mention all the fighters who, you know, everything got thrown out of whack. So completely understandable, dude. So El Nino at the trading center, Gilbert Melendez, uh, you know, an incredible fighter from, you know, I would say he started in the early 2000s when I started watching him. I still remember him coming out and pride to uh, Jam Rock, which was one of my favorite songs. I was like, oh, who's this guy? And then checking him out, then he ends up being one of the, you know, pioneers of the sport. Uh, what, if anything, at the El Nino Trading Center do you think has translated the most for you in your game? Like, what do you think the part of that trading center has implemented as, like, the strongest part of your MMA arsenal, dude? 
You know, when you're training at El Nino, you're also training with the whole scrap pack. So I have, you know, I'm training with uh, Jake Shields, Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz, you know, Dave Terrell, and some other fighters that they bring in, all kinds of people. So I think the number one thing I got from them is grit. Like, serious, like, not, I do not stop. I, I would just, just sheer grit. If you check out Gil, Nate, Jake, they're all in great shape. They all do not stop. They all have incredible heart. And, yeah, and they, they'll break people down off. Just keep coming. They just keep coming. Absolutely, dude. There's there's nobody who can deny that, dude. Um, I know you, you know, you talked about your, your beginnings in, in the Philippines. But, you know, at one point you did move to the San Francisco, you know, to the Bay Area. What would you say? What would you say has been your like your not the fighting aspect of it, but like your favorite aspect of just living in the San Francisco area? Um, you know what? I was born there, but I came here when I was like six. So I literally, I hardly remember what happens over there. I only know what this is like. My culture. I pretty much grew up here. Um, I think my favorite part of living, you know, I grew up in San Rafael, San Francisco, around the Bay Area, Vallejo, and all that. Is I there's always different pockets and neighborhoods with different demographics of people, you know? And so I got to grow up like, man, I was living in Richmond where everyone was, you know, like everyone, you know, like I just grew up with all kinds of ethnicities. Let's put it this way. Sure. All kinds of people and culture. So I got the rub from everyone and it made me a more uh, understanding, diverse person. So like, like, I'd be dancing, rapping, drawing. Like, dude, I did everything growing up, you know? Fighting, and, and um, I think fighting was always something that that came up as a, a self-defense and, and something I was always naturally good at. So people always wanted me on their side, I guess. <laughs> and, yeah, so I, I, think, I think the diversity and growing up with all different kinds of people is probably my favorite part, the best part about growing up around here. Very cool, dude. Now, I've been asking this question lately uh, in my interviews, Hurricane, and the fun. I've had some great answers, and you know, and some people didn't know how to answer it. So I'm going to lay it on you right now. The seventh Say round it. is: if you weren't a pro fighter as a yeah. career, what do you see yourself doing? What do you think you would be doing if you weren't fighting professionally? Um, I'm probably, uh, you know, I'm finishing a degree for construction management. Um, I've done a lot of construction projects. I've done uh, my uh, growing up. I did a lot of construction and stuff like that. Um, that was pretty much. I think that's what gave me a lot of strength when I was a kid because I used to dig a lot of holes and carry a lot of rocks and stuff. And so when I joined like wrestling and stuff, it was just kind of natural for me. Um, so I'd probably do something in the, the construction field. See, I find that. I find that infinitely interesting. I know. I just think it's so it's so cool that, you know, that is not something that you would automatically think um, of anybody. You know, like the first thing that comes to mind, your personality is you're a very mellow dude. You're a nice guy. You're, a, you know, a savage in the cage. But, you know, you're just a mellow, nice dude. But like, no, he he construction management like that. That's an amazing career. And if that's what you decide to go into later in life. So I find that so fucking cool. Uh -huh. So speaking of away from the cage yeah. and away from fighting, dude, what are some things you like to do away from the fight world? I mean, into gaming, are you into hunting, fishing? Like, what are some things you like to do to spend your time away from the fight world? 
Um, honestly, I I train and tra- I train people and I train like seven days a week. So that any time I get, I I try to like take life slow or try to enjoy it. Uh, one thing I got into recently is uh, golf. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah, because one of my friends is a pro golfer. I I train him. And he's got me into golf, and uh, that's like my, I, you know, I like to pick up a little extra hobby or something to get good at. So my current one right now is golf. That's very cool. And I, we, somebody else said that I'll have to go back and uh, look at whoever that was. But somebody else said that at one time, and it, and he 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 talked about how he was getting better. You know, he was progressing as he played and. I gave up before I fucking got any better, dude. I realized how trash I was for the first two or three times I played. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go find something else. Maybe ping pong would suit me better. But I think fucking, I think golf is a very neat sport. I just don't have the patience for it, dude. It really requires a lot of patience. So we have moved our way into the ninth round with Hyder the Hurricane Amil. So the ninth round is always is the food question, bro. This is a fan favorite. It's one of my favorites. It, it, let's just say that you already had your fight. You've already been kind of cutting things down and kind of depriving yourself of certain things you like to really, you know, get down on. The fight's already over. You're out with your friends and your family. What are you eating and where are you getting it from, dude? Oh, man. Oh, easy one. I, uh, so for me, I eat like a crazy amount of food. I eat like a heavyweight, you know? Um, I, I'll eat, uh, so, Last time, I usually do, like, a steak, like a giant, like, 24-ounce, maybe a tomahawk steak. Woo! (laughs) One place in SF called Harris's, that's, like, a 24-ounce steak, and and I get all the sides, mashed potatoes, maybe finish off with a little dessert. Um, My last fight, I went to this place called, this Japanese place, I forgot what it's called, but they gave me, like, this aged tomahawk steak something like that and it was unbelievable but steak a giant steak something like that tomahawk that's that's my that's my thing dude i could not think of a better possible answer than that my friend so dude we have moved into the easiest route of them all and that's the 10th round this is just where you share your social medias with us dude so the people in the rhino gang people that listen to the show can kind of follow along with your career, see how you progress, and uh, kind of keep tabs on Hyder the Hurricane Emil as he moves forward in his career, dude. Yeah, so, um, yeah, follow me on Instagram. It's hurricane underscore 415. Again, hurricane underscore 415. And, uh, yeah, send me a message or something and, and give me a follow and uh, and see me rise up through these ranks. Hell yeah, dude. Where you are is an exciting a prospect as there is in the entire landscape, particularly in the shark-infested waters that is 145 pounds across the entire world of MMA. So we are super stoked to watch you fight once again, everybody. That is in two weeks at LFA 129 on UFC Fight Pass. You can watch Hyder the Hurricane Emil fight Devante Sewell in the co-main event at Featherweight, which we are all super stoked to watch. So, Hyder, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you taking the time, dude. We are super duper appreciative that you were able to come on today and go 10 rounds with Rhino. And we really wish you best of luck in your next fight moving forward, my dude. Thanks for having me. And uh, this is Hyder, the Hurricane Emil, and I just went 10 rounds with the Rhino. Thank you so much, Hyder. That was an amazing fucking interview. I had a great time getting to know you, dude. Really, really looking forward. Just a couple of weeks from your next LFA fight. I see huge things for this kid, you know, in the future uh, of MMA. Really, really tough fighter. 
trains at a great camp with the scrap pack and El, you know, El Nino in uh, San Francisco. So great stuff, Hyder. Thank you again, my dude. All right. We want to give a shout out and, uh, to our contributors to our forum this week, to the Rage of Sweet Potato, to Ty the Fly Guy, to Sandy down in Houston, to the homie Dean Dog, to Juice times two from the Friendly Sparring Pod, to our girl APB, to our other girl Cakes, to my homie Doc, to D. Kranz, to some other members of the Rhino Gang who are a big support to the show. We got our girl Brat from over in Sweden, my man Marquise from Week Sauce Radio, Miss Fight Diva, the whole underdog MMA fam, Jessica from the What's Up Weirdo podcast, Ashley from the Silly Little Pod, Mike Morgan from Shots Fired, all the ladies of the PRG, to the homie Cyrus King, to Chris from Unmatched MMA Pod, to my boy Fabian, the man of mayhem. Thank you, brother. And, of course, to the Rhino Gang, GC, love you guys. Rhino Gang, gang, gang. To the future play, Adrea. To the best engineer in the biz, D. Raids. To Dave French, the Einstein of graphic design, who has yet another banger of a poster this week for Hyder. So super cool. Check him out on Twitter and Instagram, at Dave Fretz. All of you guys have a wonderful week. It's my first day of vacation, officially. I'm super stoked. I hope you guys all have a fucking wonderful week, both in and out of work. Forever and ever, love is greater than hate. And we will see you next week. Kate Sun!